0: what is a farmer supposed to do what is any business owner supposed to do for that matter right now with this whole long-term care debacle can i say that can we agree i think anybody across the board politically should agree at this point that this is a debacle in washington state with the uh the whole long term care idea, our state getting involved with it, start you know, going back to last year, and we're gonna dig into how this all came to be. But first the, the burning question is what are what are we supposed to what are employers supposed to be doing right now? This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Glad to have you here on a Saturday morning with me. And, you know, I've been to a few farm conferences uh, in the last few months. You know, it's been that season. And a lot of folks in the farming world, you know, trying to answer that question. Farmers come into these conferences saying, okay, so what are we supposed to be doing? Uh, are we supposed to be withholding money? for this or not first it was temporarily paused and now it's a longer what the heck is going on so joining me this morning is Dan Vanderkoy, owner of Mana Insurance uh, based in Linden here but also with offices in, in California and Arizona and elsewhere Dan thanks for being here uh, explain, what, what are what are business owners, what are employers supposed to be doing right now, and, and employees for that matter? How, how are we supposed to be approaching this?
1: Hey, Dylan, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a debacle, to be honest. Um, I'll kind of start out by saying we jumped into this last year uh, having done a lot of long-term care just from the fact that our families walked through a lot of long-term care needs. And so we jumped in and said, Hey, let's, let's try to help with this um, nationwide financial. is one of our main carriers that we use on this uh, typically has about 12,000 applications in the state of Washington over the course of a year. Um, by August 6th, they had to shut down all applications because they had over 85,000 and they could not, they could not process them. We still have 40 cases that were submitted back in July that have not been completely processed yet, um, and so I don't think um, that the the cares uh, the Washington Cares Fund was prepared for how many people were going to opt out at this point. So I think the biggest thing to right now for employers as well as employees to you know is is on uh, January twenty seven, Gov- Governor Inslee signed two bills: uh, House Bill seventeen thirty two and House Bill seventeen thirty three. Um, basically delaying the implementation of the Washington CARES Fund um, by 18 months. So at this point, it's kind of like, hey, take a deep breath. You can kind of sit back. If you had already collected um, some of those premiums you know, off the payroll tax side of things, those are actually going to get refunded. That's what they've told us. Um, that's what's in those those house bills that they just um, they just passed and that are on the floor now. Um, so at this point, it's a little bit of a wait and see, uh, but it sounds yeah. like that, you know, come July, 2023, that's when workers will need to start contributing to that fund again. So
0: yeah, if, if I've had people reach out to me and say, Hey, uh, you know, money's still, I, I thought this whole thing was, you know, this was before these, these recent bills were passed in, in Olympia during this session. It was just before this saying, Hey, money's still being taken out of my check, Um, for this whole long-term care thing. I thought they had put a pause on that. Um, Is that... what's supposed to be happening. And and then then at these farm conferences, hearing from some folks in the know, again, just before these new bills were passed saying, hey, you know, I would keep deducting this because, you know, if they figure this all out, you could still potentially as an employer be on the hook to pay all of that. Um, So better to collect it now as, you know, withholding rather than, than wait and be on the hook for money that you don't necessarily have in your account later on. But now these bills change all of that? Yes,
1: essentially. You know, I think Governor Inslee did it as a birthday present to my wife on January 27th. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Day after my birthday. There you go, um, but but I think that's kind of um, the goal right now. So employers will, re, um, with these new bills, now the employers are going to be required uh, to refund any premiums that were collected in 2022 so far. The premiums, the premiums out of you know someone's paycheck out on the payroll tax side of things. Um, we're supposed to start coming out. You know, basically the first, the first of January. If you got paid on the first of the month or the fifth of the month, whatever it would be, that's when those were start to come out. So hopefully, you will see that reversed and refunded. You know, every employer's and payroll system is a little different. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but yeah. I would think over the next month you would see that put back um, into into your check. So,
0: Dan Vanderkoy with Mana Insurance Group is with us on the farming show this morning here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop talking about this whole long term care debacle here in Washington State and what employers, because a lot of farmers are employers, and you know, this really applies to uh, all other businesses and employers as well, how, how to be handling this. And certainly, a question in the farming community what what to be doing for employees paychecks and withholding etc so the calculus up until these bills were passed was hey better keep collecting it cuz you could be on the hook for this now that's flipped on its head and hey no you're going to have to refund what you've collected because you definitely won't be on the hook for that at least for 18 months until they figure out what the heck they're doing at that point
1: yeah correct so so basically July 2023 um, is when workers will, employees will be, uh, begin contributing back into that. So you could expect, yeah, the, the first of the month on July 2023, if that's when you get paid, that's when you'll see that um, amount being taken out. Now, what we don't know yet is is what amount they're going to settle on. So, um, you know, f- effective January 1, 2022, with House Bill 1087 that kind of initiated this whole thing, Um, basically any W-2 employee was going to be required 0.58% in payroll tax to be taken out. And I think what happened was, and and it's really interesting, a couple of the associations that we're a part of have been in some of these planning meetings and things like that. Um, And and they've been saying from day one, this is going to be so far underfunded. Mm. Because of how it's set up and how many people are going to opt out, Um, and the amount of people who opted out in this and even people who tried to, but then were too late on it because it it kind of flew under the radar there, you know, we did our best to let our current business clients know the benefit clients, as well as our personal clients know, and we kind of put it out there, but, um, there's a lot of people around the state that, you know, we got linked up with, but it was too late for them because the carriers had already closed their application process back in, in, back in August and, and September, because of just the overwhelming amount, they didn't yeah. have enough people to process stuff, and so so what happened was is basically they 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 in this in the bill that they originally put forward, as well as these new House bills seventeen thirty two and seventeen thirty three, they reserve the right to raise that 058 percent biannually. So so they have the opportunity. To, to kind of review that and say, hey, we're not we don't have enough contributions here to do this to max what the long term payout's gonna be of this fund. And that's the part that scares me, is there's no cap on it. The benefit, to be honest, compared to what you can get on the private market. Is is you know is extremely poor what mm. the state's offering, and and speaking just from the reality of it, you know our family's in this situation. My grandma had dementia for almost three years. Mm. Um, my dad has some stuff, different things going on. And a thirty six thousand five hundred dollar payout. If any of you have looked into long term care, yeah, that's 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 the maximum payout the state's going to offer at this point, unless it gets revised. Sadly, that um, can be a
0: that, drop in the bucket when you're dealing with some of the.
1: That's three that or four stuff. months. Yeah. That, that's the reality of it. It's, th- it's three yeah. or four months if you really need care. And, and, and then even stuff that they had built in there, if you ever moved out of the state, you could pay into this whole thing your whole life, and you decide to – to retire in Florida or Arizona or Southern California. And um, you're not going to get a dime of it if you move out of mm-hmm. the state. So I'm, I'm hoping there's some tweaks and changes with that. We'll, we'll see kind of what, what happens. But um, the, there's just so much uncertainty into what you're paying for and what you're getting um, that, you know, it, it makes it hard. But yet long-term care insurance isn't necessarily inexpensive either, right? But you kind of pay for what you get. So. Yeah,
0: let, let's roll back to where we started with this. And this is KGMI, by the way, uh, the farming show. Dylan Honkoop here talking with Dan Vanderkoy of Mana Insurance Group. Um, so, the, just for noobs like me, because I'm not up on this whole world of financial stuff uh, and insurance in particular, kind of makes my head explode. I just. You know, I this is not the world I operate in like you do every day. I don't really understand a lot of the things that I should. What was the whole starting point with this? People can buy, could buy, historically, long-term care insurance, and now the state mandated that you have to buy it and they're managing the money how, how does it actually work what what was the starting point for this
1: Yeah so again it, it was house bill 1087 that was passed um uh last year and it was um they basically came out I think it, I think it officially went into play like end of March and they said um by November 1st uh you have to have a policy issued in long-term, with a long-term care plan that has a benefit of at least $36,500 to match with the state payout is if if you want to opt out of this additional payroll tax. Um, the payroll tax that they were going to draw on top of what you're already doing is directly from the employee, not from the employer. It's 0.58%. Um, that, again, as I kind of stated earlier too, that number can fluctuate on what they're going to pull out. They can revisit that and that can go up or down depending where their fund is at. But the benefits capped at $36,500 for a payout. So it's basically a hundred dollars a day for a year. Well, I'm sorry, our family has lived in this world for the last four or five years. Yeah, That's not going to get you anything. Um, and so, um, so what the state has done is they've basically said, we want to take this additional money in the name of equality for people who can't afford different things or, or whatnot. We want to take this and be able to spread this out um, for, for people who need help with it. And while, while I understand wanting to help people, too, I think the hard, the hard part is, is Um, there's so many moving parts with it. We don't know where it's going to end up. Um, they gave people the opportunity to opt out of it. If you had a qualifying plan in place through private insurance by November 1st. And that's, that's where I had said earlier too. nationwide financial usually has about 12,000 apps a year in the state of Washington and they had over 85,000. Um, and so what happened was so many people opted out of it. That the legislature and, and Governor Inslee had to step back and realize this thing is so far underfunded that we're not going to be able to pay this out. On top of that, they're going to have a bunch of people who are very close to retirement have to pay into this thing that we're never going to get any money out of it. Because
0: you have to pay and, for a certain, like, five years or something? Before? Yeah, you have
1: to pay a certain amount of time in, and that's even shifting now in some of what they're looking to, to do. And now, wow. you know, uh, workers, you know, on this new updated thing, workers you know, near retirement who were born before, I think 1968 are going to be able to qualify for partial benefits kind of on a prorated basis now. So, so there's the problem is, is it's just always shifting. Right. And so we would have these conversations and all of a sudden something would get pushed back and then I get, then I get pushed back up. And, and the hard part is, 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 um, you know, these conversations, I I hit on it before our families walked this road. Um, I love doing educational seminars and things like this on fixed income and retirement and, and long-term care and protecting your assets. But I felt like I was having to walk into meetings and it just became transactional because I just want to get out of the tax, right? And, and that's, that's really not planning well. Yeah, right to yeah. protect what you've built up in case a long-term care need comes up. And I, I understand, I guess I understand some of the concern from legislatures and stuff because long-term care needs are the number one disruption in, in people's retirement. Uh, people, I don't think a lot of people realize that one in three people will have some sort of long-term care need. Everyone buys life insurance because we all know we're going to die at some point. Right. Um, but one in three people will have a long-term care need. And I don't think people realize how expensive that yeah, is until how, you've walked that
0: road. How many people pr- prior to all of this being required here in the state, how many people would you say, what percentage of people had long-term care coverage? Did
1: a lot? I'd of- say, no, I'd say 5% or less. Really? That ma- ma- Maybe 10%. Um, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, um, it's one of those things that people don't think a lot about yeah. unless you've walked it. What was interesting is, is when this came out um, back in March, um, you know, I had a lot of people saying, you know, we've been thinking about it. I walked this road with my parents or, or I had a grandma that had this or something like that. Right. And people were like, yeah, this is just forcing us to do it now. So you had some of those, those type of people who actually wanted to sit down and walk through it and plan to make sure that if they had a $10,000 a month thing at the Christian healthcare center up here in Linden or right. high, in Bellingham or whatever it might be that that wasn't going to liquidate all their funds or they weren't going to have to pull out of their IRA and get hit on taxes for pulling that, uh, that amount out right. each month. Right. Right. And kick them into a higher tax bracket. So, but then you had the other people just said, Hey, I just need the minimum. Get me out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so, I mean, we did, you know, in, and within two or three months, we did three hundred plus applications on people, and um, and Blake Whitman, who who's just been a rock star for our office, the whole thing just was pulling his hair out at different times because there's so many moving parts on it, you know. And so, <laughs> um, trying to educate people is the big part of it. And um, but you know, it's going to come around again, and I think that's the other thing, Dylan. A lot of people are asked, like, what should I do now? Right, right? in the
0: in the meantime, yeah. what what do what do you need to get ready for?
1: Yeah, if if you have a plan in place, leave it. That's the biggest, if you bought a private plan to get out of it, leave it because we're going to have that same nightmare roll back around when they hopefully come out this spring and they finalize, you know, house bill 1732 and 1733. And we have clarity on what this is going to look like come July, 2023, we're going to hit that whole same thing where all of a sudden there's going to be a flood to the market. People are going to continue to purchase these policies because they have more time now where they didn't realize about it earlier, realize earlier in the process this last time around, and they're going to want to get out of it and it's going to be overflowed. And it's, you know, normally this kind of stuff in a in a normal situation, a two to four week process for us to process an issue of policy. We got some policies that are up to six months now. So, should people right now
0: months. still be maybe. St- Saying okay, we got you know extra time here. We didn't uh, get a private policy to get exempted. Should they still be pursuing that now? in, in the next uh, eighteen months,
1: I th- I think you want to have something in place before the end of twenty twenty two. Because if you wait till those last six months, um, you know that's that's going to really. Cramp things, and you might get one through. You might not. Yeah. Um, it came. It came to the point. We got an. I got an email. I was flying back um, from some meetings in Idaho, and and I was sitting at the SeaTac airport, and I and I. It was beginning of August, and I got an email that says Nationwide Financial, who is our main carrier for this stuff, is pulling out of the state effective August six. <sighs> no applications will be processed. And then about a week later. One of our other big providers, uh, Lincoln Financial, um, basically said the same thing, effective September 1st, we're pulling it. And it was just all these things. And before you know it, we were just seeing it just to try to help people. We were saying, hey, call this 800 number, see if you can get a policy f- online somewhere. You why, know?
0: why are they pulling and, out in a nutshell?
1: They can't regulate it. They can't. And, and I think that's the hard part. <laughs> you know, The state throws out this 0.58% and that they guarantee that it's going to cover $36,500. I mean, you got to have some... Um you know solvency there. You got to make sure that you have enough. So their to rules
0: are out. applying to the private carriers, and the car- private carriers are saying, "Hey, we just can't make it work with the the numbers that the state is going to require."
1: No, because you're essentially rolling the dice, yeah. right? Because if the private carriers are doing that and they're pushing all these people through, they they have a hard time. They're just trying to get these applications through, but yet they have a hard time underwriting. And all of a sudden, you have an you go from twelve thousand people a year to eighty five thousand. Well, you have no idea. You haven't had the actuaries run the numbers on what it's actually going to look like 20 30 years down the road, they could drive these companies into bankruptcy. I mean, Genworth did that in the early 90s, they got into the long term care game and they completely underestimated um, what the payouts would do. I mean, inflation is a real thing right now, right? So, (laughs) so. Yeah, and so we have no idea what that's going to look like down the road. Genworth pulled out of the the long term care market by I think the end of the '90s, early 2000s, um, because they didn't plan for what was going to happen, and so they had to go back to the insurance commissioner then, and they had to basically say, "Here's the deal: we can't, we don't have enough money to pay out our claims in our fund," which is, I think, what's going to eventually happen to the state fund. But the, but they have the ability to keep raising that rate on people, <laughs> right. right? Right. So I, they,
0: they yeah. don't go bankrupt; they just go back to the taxpayer. <laughs> yep,
1: exactly. And so what happened, Genworth eventually had to pull out. They had to go, go to the insurance commissioner and said, okay, we're not going to write any new policies, but we're going to continue to raise um, – we have to go back to our, our – uh, um, policyholders and we have to raise our premiums even though they were told that when it happened that their premiums would stay the same mm-hmm. but because of inflation because of the max amount of payouts that they had that they didn't plan correctly for because they rushed into it they had to pay out more and they had to raise premiums and people and then people finally canceled the policy and they paid all this money into stuff into these policies and mm-hmm. then got nothing out of it
0: a cu- I think that's a the- cautionary tale for what we could be seeing happen all over again huh
1: yeah. And I think that the, the cool part is if you really want to plan for it now, there's some really awesome products out on the market where you can, you know, if you have some money set aside, you can roll a lump sum in and get it there. And if you never use it and you pass away, it gets paid out to your beneficiary and life insurance. Oh, right. Nice. So, yeah. so, there's nice, so there's some nice yeah. product options now, too, where it's not like if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, yeah. But it also depends what you're looking for. Are you looking just to get out of the tax? Or are you looking to actually plan for something? So,
0: Dan Vanderkoy with Manna Insurance Group uh, with us trying to explain this whole debacle. It's not easy. I'm not very smart, so I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. But you have certainly <laughs> cleared up a lot of stuff for me, Dan. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time this morning to uh, fill us in on, on what's happening right now.
1: Thanks, Dylan. appreciate what you do. Appreciate all the, the ag community out there. And um, keep plugging away, guys.